Hey, what's up everyone? Welcome to this episode of the podcast. How fitting is it that I'm recording the intro for the lightning episode and here in Kansas we've got a crazy thunderstorm that's that's hitting at the moment. So, uh, But this episode we recount Craig's experience with the off-grid ranch and when he returned from Bears Ears within 15 minutes of him arriving back at the off-grid ranch there was a massive lightning strike that fried the entire electrical system. So in this episode, Craig recounts that and goes into great detail as to what it's going to take to get the ranch back up and running. And it's, it's quite the ordeal. And luckily, luckily, Craig made it out okay. It could have been much worse. And who knows, the place could have blown up if things would have gone a little bit different. So, uh, But without further ado, let's go ahead and dive into this podcast. Here's episode number 45. Thanks for tuning in. So back to the storytelling. That's right. So sorry for cutting you off. So let's take three on this one. Uh, this is the third take of it. Let's see if it works. <laughs> take, take three. So um, I guess I'll just, I'll start at the beginning. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the, the lightning, it was, it was a really interesting experience on a, on a lot of different levels. I mean, naturally it scared the fuck out of me, but um, the lead up to it was really interesting because you and I had just parted ways in bear's ears. And, you know, we had that amazing week together and exploring a bunch of shift. And in, in my mind, I was like, fuck, like, I don't, I don't want to go back home. I want to freaking nomad it. You know, like, I, I don't want to go back. And I remember you and I having a, a, a conversation saying that, yeah, we should have another podcast episode about, you know, what's that reimmersion experience like, you know, when you're spent time out in nature and then you have to go back. Mm-hmm. And so that that was a little bit on my mind as I was coming back, and um, nope, I just got a, your text message. Um, so so that was on my mind. So I, I was kind of like, you know, bittersweet coming back. Got to go back to work. Don't want to work. I don't really mind my job. I like Gunnison, but I don't want to go back to work. I want to go play more. And um, but anyway actually getting up to the monastery was a great experience for me because it was the first time that I had actually been able to drive up to the monastery since December because of all the snow. And I was normally snowmobiling back and forth. So I was kind of elated in getting back here. I was like, oh, it's going to be so easy to unpack and I'm just going to unpack really easy. Then I'm going to chill and watch some TV. Like getting back is no problem. I actually feel pretty good about it. So I get, I get inside and first thing that I have to do is take a freaking huge dump because I had been eating all those high fiber tortillas when, when <laughs> the we breakfast burritos. yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I went in and I'm like, Oh, this is so nice where, you know, I don't have to switch vehicles. I could just take a nice crap. Like this re-immersion stuff is no problem. And finished up that it was a glorious deuce. And walked out of the bathroom and if you you know you recall the way that the monastery is laid out you just you essentially just have like one big great room right where you've got the kitchen bleeding into everything else and it's just all open space Mm -hmm. so i'm walking into that and all of a sudden it was about eight o'clock 
And so the sun had started to go down. You were definitely experiencing dusk, but it wasn't dark by any means. But all of a sudden it goes pitch black. And I just see this arc of a, what I thought was a lightning bolt go across right in front of me. And it sounded like a fucking gunshot. So it was inside? That's what it felt like to me. I like, I figured, I thought, I, I didn't hear any thunder. Like there, there was dark clouds when I was coming in and there were uh-huh. definitely signs that lightning was going off. And there were definitely, there was definitely thunder that I could hear when I was getting up here. But when the event happened in the house, all I heard was like a gunshot and I didn't hear any thunder. So I was like, what the fuck was that? And I didn't know if there was just some kind of electrical surge in the house, because then again, I didn't hear any thunder. And I I know, you know, I I know that thunder is something that generates when you're further out because the air, um, it's essentially the, the, you know, the, the, the breaking of the sound barrier, Right. Of the air around it and the clap and but anyway that that wasn't i wasn't like thinking physics at that time um when when i was experiencing so i was like what the fuck just happens and all the power went out in the place and i was like holy shit i think we just got hit by lightning and i i immediately called mark who's down in tortola and I'm like, dude, I think we just got fucking hit by lightning. And he starts spazzing out a little bit on the phone, like barking his orders. And like, he's not a patient person. And he like gets into his spaz mode and he's not clear headed and, and what have him. Like, I'm like, I, I don't understand what you're telling me to do. And so ultimately, you know, what, what I ended up doing was just doing a walk around the house. And I went up into the attic space to make sure that the house wasn't on fire. Oh. And so after assessing that that wasn't a problem, um, we like the house wasn't on fire. Then I went into both the boiler room and down into the power shed to assess the damage there. And so when I went into the boiler room, it was like a huge cloud of mist and I could definitely smell like shit had burned up in there. Oh man. Yeah. And then I, I went down to the power shed and none of the inverters were on and none of the lights indicating that any of the charge controlling shit was working. And so nothing was on, on fire. And I looked inside the battery room. And so although there were definitely signs like shit was fucked up, there was at least like nothing on fire and, you know, nothing was going crazy. Uh-huh. So... That was essentially my first half hour on return from Bears Ears was, you know, first 15 minutes taking a glorious shit <laughs> and then second, second, you know, 15 minutes taking a fucking horrendous shit, you know, a metaphorical. Yeah. So, oh my gosh. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't, you know, there's a lot of further up assessment from that, but that was, that was essentially it. And for, you know, the following week, cause Mark was still down in Tortola and I was up here and I had to go back to work. You know, I was doing those round trips to Denver and all that. Like I couldn't do anything. 
you know, as far as like really figuring out what was going on in the house. So I, you know, I was essentially living old school pioneer days up here where I had no power, no hot water, no nothing. And, you know, temperatures were still getting down fucking cold here. Yeah. Uh, so it was like kind of like camping inside as opposed to outside. But, you know, so, I, I so kinda, you, were using like, you, you were using like the fireplace and stuff to stay warm because it was still cold. Yeah. At night, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 No, I, I, I had that thing blazing. And, uh, and <laughs> you're doing it, you're doing an old man winter style, man. You're in there with that massive fireplace and just kicking it. Now, Absolutely. Now, 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 did it, did it take down the WeBoost booster as well? I mean, did all the power go out? Did a hundred percent of it go? hundred percent of the power went out. Yep. Oh, yeah. Man. I mean, I had, I could use the stove cause that's propane. Yeah. Well, but that's good. every, yeah, everything else, water pump, like everything was, was knocked out and I couldn't use the WeBoost because, the Weeboos, you know, you need that plugged in. Yeah, um, yeah. But I, I don't know if you remember seeing one of my Facebook posts, but I actually ran a 200-foot um, extension cord from my truck because I have, you know, I have that deep cycle <laughs> battery. I ran, it, awesome. I ran it from my uh, – yeah, that was the only thing I wanted to power up was the Weeboost cell phone booster. <laughs> and so I ran Shout that thing. Weeboost, man. Yeah, no, and I – and to be honest with you, I, I really needed that because I needed to be able to have conversations with Mark to like yeah. be able to troubleshoot. And I ended up, you know, having conversations with the Outback power system and like was able to make progress on getting power back online. But yeah, I mean, initially for the first several days, because I, I mean, I was working 15 hour days the first three days that I got back. And so I had nothing left in my energy tank as far as being able to you know, troubleshoot and figure out what was going on. I was just, you know, struggling to, to tread, tread water and, and take yeah. care of business as, as necessary. So did you, have you determined where the, the lightning? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Where, so, I mean, it's, it's it? really, so I, yeah. So you remember the 70 foot tower that's right next to the property? Yeah. That, that big, that big uh, metal tower, that yeah. like big antenna. Yeah, so I was always under the assumption that that was actually a lightning tower, that that would actually yeah. serve to capture the lightning and, you know, route it to a grounded point, you know, so mm -hmm. or where it wouldn't screw with the house. It, it's a, it was actually set up as a communications tower. So the dude who owned the place here, his buddies would come up here and they would go out hunting and shit. And he would kind of serve up here with the CB as relaying communications, you know, to people that are out there, you know, like, all right, Jim, Jim, Bob and Billy, Billy Joe Sue, you know, are up on, you know, Smokestack Mountain and they're, you know, killing all sorts of shit. Go over there and help him. Mm -hmm. So he was serving as the point person on that. So what ended up happening was the lightning struck that thing and then it followed the antenna CB cables into the house. And oh, no. you can see, yeah, so you can actually see the burn marks of where the lightning entered the house and it's exactly where the CB cables entered the house. And so the lightning, it severed that CB cord. I mean, after you know the full force of the lightning did its thing, and already uh -huh. got into the house. I mean, it, it severed the 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 cord, and you can see that uh -huh. outside. 
Yeah. And, and then, and this is the really, really fucked up shit. Like we were able to try trace the path of, of the lightning through the house. So the CB is exactly where you exit the bathroom. I don't know if you remember where the CB is in the house. You might, it's over by the microwave. Oh, so okay. yeah, yeah. I'm, it's exactly, yeah. it's exactly where you exit the bathroom where I was exiting. Okay. And then we know that the, the, the charge made its way over to the boiler room where, uh, you know, just behind Mark's bedroom because mm-hmm. it, it ended up making its way via the gas line, which is oh. fucked up. Yeah. It may, it oh, traveled the dude. gas line to it. And it made its way to the line that was heating the well pump loop. So, you know, when you're, oh, when it's... you're running a well line, you need to keep that, that line heated or else it'll freeze. And so one of, one of the things that got fried and, um, and, and actually severed was the well line pump heating loop. And so somehow the charge made it from where the CB is over to that point in the boiler room, which I'm exactly in between that at the moment that the lightning struck the house. I'm exactly in between that. Dang dude. Yeah. And so, yeah, so that got fucked up. The circuit board in the uh, boiler room got fucked up. Um, The thing that controls. So you have when, you know, you've got in floor radiant heating Uh in this place. And so it's, it's segmented by loops. And so you're able to independently control these loops. So the circuit board that controls the loops and how the water is distributed through those, that circuit board got fried. And then two out of the four inverters got fried. And then the, um, what's this, this thing called the hub uh-huh. Um, which is the circuit board that controls how the four inverters work together. That thing got fried. Good Lord. And so the reason why the, and so as the estimates are starting to mount up, so you, you've got, you, you we're going to need to dig up the whole well loop to make sure that we, that, that, the well loop line is not, you know, we, we, we just need to make sure that the, the well loop is completely um, heated, you know, so that the, the loop that heats mm-hmm. that. And so that's going to take major excavation and you're just going to have excavators going up and down, digging all that line out and then replacing mm-hmm. it and then filling it back in all four inverters um, the charge controller and the generator all need to be replaced because the common wisdom is that no one has ever seen a lightning strike where some elements of all of the components are fucked up. So in other words, 
if we went through and band-aided stuff and replaced circuit boards and got things back working piecemeal wise and just tried to work with what we have, it's a given that this stuff is just going to start falling apart because hmm. you had 1.21 gigawatts of energy going through the whole fucking system. And so it's <laughs> only a matter of <laughs> yeah, You know what I'm talking about? I like about. the Back to the Future reference, man. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I'm bringing it, I'm, I'm bringing it, I'm bringing it, keeping it real here. Yeah. So, so you've got four inverters, you've got a charge controller, you've got, you know, ma- a major, major generator. All those things are going to be, have to be replaced. The antenna, the 70 foot antenna is going to have to be replaced. Um, and I think that there's a few other things, but we're, we're already looking like 60 plus grand of stuff needing to be replaced. Yeah. Yeah. One lightning strike. That's cool. That's, that's crazy. I mean, I obviously lightning has, you know, a million. 1.21 gigawatts. (laughs) Right. Exactly. (laughs) But, but, you know, but you know, you don't, you don't think like, oh, it's going to cost that much. I mean, $60,000, if not more. And then. And then on top of it too, just think about the time and the labor and every just the just the effort to get that back up to par. And it's so 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 it wasn't grounded. Is that is that why that- that's part of the issue? So okay. in in our own amateur investigation, it doesn't appear as though the grounding was done properly. So there uh, might be there might be grounds to go after. Um, the construction dudes for not properly grounding the house. Oh, that's good. Um, maybe, maybe and, some yeah, maybe, that, maybe, yeah, maybe not. I mean, I, I don't, it, it's not clear what the, um, what the construction requirements were back when this place was built. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, I mean, that's what you have insurance for, right? Is to, to yeah, yeah that, that was my next question, you know, yeah. is, is the, the, cause I don't know about off grid. I mean, I assume that there's, insurance is good for but I, you know a lightning strike that's not many people deal with that <laughs> no no yeah it, it, it's i mean there's he's got a, a decent sized deductible um that he's going to have to cover um but it's nothing in comparison to the 60 plus grands um and yeah. i mean he is covered for this stuff um good. so that's that that is that is a good thing but it, i mean dude, like it is you, it is totally, I, I, I still like the more and more I think about it, it, it's, it blows my mind, you know, literally and figuratively that I, I, I don't know how I wasn't zapped in yeah. the situation. That's what yeah. I'm wondering. I mean, I, that, that's just, that's straight up just like almost like a divine intervention that you didn't get fried or the house didn't blow up if it was traveling along the natural gas. I know. Line. I mean, yeah, I, I know. I mean, I mean, you, you, the whole thing could have gone like diehard and just boom, and like the whole top of the, the whole top of the mountain ridge there, the whole place could have just blown. So essentially, I am John McClane. I mean, because you know, <laughs> I, I'm I'm always getting out of nasty situations, you know, and uh, oh, I awesome. yeah, it's it's nuts. I'm on the practical side. I I, I was talking to you a little bit about this before, like. It, it's it's leading me to learn quite a bit um, because I I was the one who ended up going back into so you know there was a stepwise process to figure out what what got fucked up I mean because you know the, it, it's a complicated system right you know I mean so you have a charge controller you've got this 
hub communication device that's controlling the inverters. You've got this other thing that's controlling them. And there's, there's this basic level coding and programming that you, you need to go through stepwise to figure out what's wrong. So I kind of pat myself on the back. Like I was actually able to coordinate with um, the manufacturers of the, um, of the inverter system, Outback Power Systems, and I was able to figure out enough to rewire and reprogram things to use like so to allow the house to use only one inverter so huh. you know a good situation like the that the, the house was you know totally pimped out with its system for inverters you're able to actually run an electric oven and and provide enough juice to run that thing so mm-hmm. i had to be careful in what i turned on and selectively choose which breakers to turn on and off um, when I finally got the house running back up on one inverter, but I, I definitely felt really, really good about figuring out how to do that, figuring out how to do the programming, um, and so on and so forth. So there's, yeah. there's definitely been some positive outcomes on this. Um, and again, you know, Mark being Mr. MacGyver, usually, you know, he just gets in there and rips all the shit up and gets all the stuff done. And I just kind of stay away from the Tasmanian devil, you know, tornado <laughs> as far as his work operation. But, you know, me being the only guy here, you know, I, I had to go through and, and figure that out. And for, you know, for, for, uh, for an ex corporate desk jockey, um, that's, that's not too bad. Yeah, that's, that's insane. Well, I, I think the knowledge that you're gaining during this experience, n- not only through, okay, the electrical system got fried, but just everything else you have really, learned what it takes to be back there and you've been confronted with literally every situation i could well more, more than i could think of i i didn't just i'd never thought oh it's going to get struck by lightning i never thought oh your your snowmobile sled <laughs> are going to wear out I, I, you're gonna you're gonna go bury that thing in 10 feet of snow I, I never thought any of that stuff and it's like you've been able to overcome all that and i gotta i give you huge props for that because i would have tapped that lightning strike i'm like cool guys see you later and i'd, I'd be like i'm like i gotta check into club med somewhere and drink, drink margaritas for the rest of the, the week you know but you just you just roll with the punches and i gotta give you major, major props for that man because i wouldn't do that thanks i i appreciate it and i i was i was thinking about this earlier today because i mean you know we we knew we were going to have this episode and like you know i was kind of connecting it to you know the the theme and the name of our podcast you know nomad ramblings and i'm like you know i here i am in an off-grid situation and i've i've been here for several months now and so you know technically am i I nomad or not like no i'm not you know i'm not just roaming day by day and whatnot but you know, I, I really like I like that definition and the name of our podcast, you know, Nomad Ramblings and speaking of ourselves as nomads, because, you know, what's a nomad? You know, someone who's constantly going from one new place to another and to another and challenging them, themselves and experiencing new things. And there's no doubt that even even like I don't I don't think I've got, you know, I'm not going to be here one to five years. But every single day that I'm here, I am experiencing new, it's new territory that I'm covering every single day. And just like you were saying, 
I didn't, I didn't imagine I was going to have that snowmobile experience. I didn't imagine I was going to deal with this lightning strike stuff. You know, yeah. I didn't imagine any, any of this stuff that I'm, yeah, or, I'm dealing or, or, with. Or, 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 or going blind or, you know, all these things. I mean, you have had a lot of stuff thrown at you. Yeah. And it's, and, and, and again, like I feel alive, you know, and it's, it's That's not hard. that I necessarily feel like I'm anyone special or, or what have you, but like, like, I just feel alive with this shit. Like, yeah, it's scary and whatnot, but like how fucking cool is it? And how empowering, empowering is it to be confronted with these challenges yeah. and just like, okay, like, what am I going to do? Like, yeah, I could go the galleon route and, and, you know, go to club bed and, and check out, but you know, that's, that's not, and I'm sure, I'm sure you wouldn't do that if you were up here and like, it's, it's actually more in the wake of these situations that the true danger in, and challenge comes up to me. But the fact of the matter is, is when you're in the middle of it, you're just like, you're not thinking about, you're not thinking about what, you know, coulda, woulda, shoulda. It's just like a survival thing where you're just, it just kicks in and you're like, I got to get this shit done. Yeah, that's true. I did. That's one thing about being up there is, is uh, like you said, the confidence that you get there and, and making you feel, you know, the situation's making you feel alive. And granted, they're dangerous, but you feel alive. It's like you're engaged with life at a minute by minute level. And it's, and it's essential to stay focused on that. It's not like you're watching TV and daydreaming for four hours a day while you're at home. You're actually there and it's, and you're making your survival situation possible and you're troubleshooting as it comes. And with that electrical stuff, that's a, such great knowledge to know going forward, I think. Yeah, I'm, I'm psyched. Um, and I'm certainly, you know, as, as things move forward, I'm, you know, I'm hopeful that I can learn more as the new system gets put in place and, mm -hmm. and all the repairs get put in. Um, you know, it's going... Are you, guys, are you guys doing anything different with the new system? Is it going to be a different it, Yeah, we're, we're going to be upgrading. We're, we're upgrading okay. everything. Yeah. I mean, that's what you, you do, right? You don't... Yeah. You don't uh, you don't get a new Pinto when when your Pinto goes you know kablooey. <laughs> you know. a quote a quote new nineteen eighty Pinto no yeah, right no yeah you, you well, upgrade it and I yeah I, I it's gonna be really Outback Power Systems um, I mean they they've got they've got the name um, and they they do have the reputation that um, we're gonna go with their system again but it, it's gonna be an upgraded one um, well and really, I, and I would think that it's gonna be a lot more efficient and probably run better and more output because how, how old was that other system 15 well, years old yeah yep yeah about that yeah and yeah and the, the stuff has come so far since then the technology is just phenomenal so that, that's that's actually i mean even though it sucks and but it's a good thing there's insurance and this is an opportunity to upgrade and be like cool we're, we're set with that get everything grounded properly and you're good to go going forward yeah no no doubt about it and um it, it'll be cool too because with the new technology i mean we're definitely aiming toward being able to control the systems like with our mm -hmm. phones and shit, you know, and having, oh, you know, cool. kind of remote, remote control capacity. And, um, the technology is there right now. It's just, you know, this was an older system, so we didn't have it. So it'll be, yeah. it'll be really, really cool to, to see how it happens. And I, you know, I, I think it's going to be awesome because knowing Mark and you know the way that that his research project uh, process goes and his decision making process goes. Uh -huh. You know, we're I'm in Gunnison, Colorado, at nine thousand feet. 
I mean, undoubtedly some of the worst weather in the continental United States on average. And so I, I think it's going to, it's fair to say the system that we get is going to be, it's going to have to confront the toughest conditions in the U.S., um, you know, on both extremes, because it also gets, yeah, you get both lightning um, and gnarly winter conditions as well. So um, it's 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 going to be really interesting to see what um, how how the, the place gets fixed up. Cool. Yeah, I'll be excited to see that, too. And I, I think that, uh, you know, looking from afar and just witnessing what you guys do, I'll I'll gain a little bit of insight into what it takes. But that's. That's just a gnarly man. I am shocked that place didn't burn down or blow up. I mean, if it's if it's coming through on that cable, that CB cable, and running through the house, and you've got you can see where the burn comes through. It's like, how did that place not not go up in flames? I, I don't. Or how did the how did the natural gas not just blow up? And yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm I'm so glad it didn't. But good lord, it's like you know you you would think that would happen, especially with 1.21 gigawatts going through. The place. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know but but i mean uh, that's just no joke and you hear about stuff like that happen and and the fact that you saw that art go in front of you and it didn't it didn't reach out and 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 say hello and touch you i mean that's just thankful it didn't happen because you you we wouldn't be talking right now and i mean man i like when you when you call and you're like and you told me that you're like yeah lightning struck i'm like what what happened? Like I, I was getting believe. I was like, no, wait, no. What you saw an arc in front of you? Like, dude, that's dangerous. So that's that's just crazy. Yeah, yeah. So that that was my reimmersion into uh, into quote unquote real life from getting <laughs> getting back from Bears Ears, and it, it was, you know, there, there was kind of a there, there was definitely you know it was my first my first reaction. I mean, out, outside of just getting you know, reality on the fact like, holy shit, this place just got struck by lightning. My first reaction was like, like, you know, I, I, I kind of wanted some luxury, you know, I didn't want to fucking deal with this shit. Yeah. But then, you know, then my mindset was like, well, you know, like stop being a fucking pussy and a hypocrite. Like it's time to go camping, you know, inside, you know, for a week. And I just, I dealt with it. You know, I didn't shower for you know, a week and a half and I didn't, I didn't really have power. And, you know, it was definitely fun figuring out like, wait a second, I can, I can route power to my WeBoost cell phone booster <laughs> and, um, you know, figuring out how to make it work. And so, um, you know, after my initial um, freak out, holy fuck mode, um, there was definitely that, well, wait a second, you know, like, you, you can easily make this work and, and this doesn't need to. And I, you know, I, I had thoughts back to when I was younger and, and even some of the interactions that I've had with people in, in recent past where, you know, hurricanes will move through different areas and people are like, Oh, I'm out of power for the third day. And mm -hmm. I was like, stop being a fucking pup, pussy and fucking shit in a bucket, you know, like, yeah. like figure it out. And so I don't know, you know, me, yeah. me and my, arrogant judgmental ways you know i i was able cool. to to push through and make myself feel better by thinking about how few people could uh you know do this you know that yeah. live in the yeah. lap of luxury of society yeah totally well i you know i think back to when i was in the house in denver downtown denver before i, I hit the road full time and i remember there was one time where the power went out when it was snowing outside and 
it was real cold and stuff like that. And I, and, and I was hunkering down. I'm like, oh, it's starting to get cold in the house. And I'm thinking now, I, now I look back on that. I'm thinking like, God, man, what a wimp that I was. I should have just, just sucked it up and gone with it. But it's like, I was sitting there just waiting for the power company to turn my power back on. And I don't want to, I don't ever want to be in that spot where I have to wait on somebody else for basic services. I think that's why I love living this way. And I, I think that's what gives you satisfaction and knowing like, Hey, I can fix this. I don't need to call anybody. I'll figure it out. And there's just something to be said for that. Like that self-starter, do it yourself mentality, get it done. That's what makes this lifestyle work. Because if it wasn't like that, I don't think it would, if you weren't programmed that way, it'd be a lot more difficult. I think. I totally agree. And, and it just really, um, I, I despise the thought of ever playing the victim Mm-hmm. And it, it's I can I can definitely uh, admit that I have played the victim in the past, and and even in a situation where my power goes out, you know, when I'm living in a house or an apartment or whatever, like whether you know it or not, like you're playing the victim if you're worried about like you know, oh my hot water, like oh I can't flush the toilet, like like stop being a fucking pussy and man up and, and, and get some shit done. And, um, you know, I say that, you know, again, from this, from the position of someone who can readily admit that I've played that victim in the past. And, and I don't think that you, I don't think one realizes how empowered one is until they're forced to do it, or they, they make that lifestyle choice that you and I have made. So kudos to you and I. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, and also everybody else is living like this. It's so much fun to to run into other people that are either off-grid or full-time nomads or whatever and just seeing what works for them and talking to them about their experiences because we've all been been hit with something that is on maybe not on the same level as as a lightning strike, obviously. That's pretty that's pretty extreme. But something to where it's like, "Hey, we have to do this or things are going to stop right now." You know, like whatever challenge that we're faced with, we got to overcome it and we got to face it head on. You can't just like give up. So my, my whole club med, you know, comment, I, <laughs> I, I would only go there like if like the California, you know, swimsuit team was in town or whatever, the, you know, I wouldn't go there just cause. I yeah, understand. I was, yeah. yeah. But, but dude, that's, that's crazy, man. I'm glad you're okay. Cause that, like I said, that could have been, could have been real bad. Thank you. Yeah. 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 Uh-huh. No, and I'll, I'll, I'll definitely keep you and the, uh, the audience apprised of, the different uh, renovation projects that um, that'll be going on here. So yeah, I'm I'm interested to learn uh, wh- when you guys decide on what you're going to do and what you're going to install in there. I'd love to to recap that on an episode and just give people knowledge into how the you know basically how to rebuild a off graded electrical system. Definitely, yeah. With with the mindset of like this need this thing. We need to build this structure so that it can handle 1.21 gigawatts of power going through. <laughs> Exactly. But, but you know what though, honestly, I think that would be a good conversation to say, okay, we're going to, we're going to have the capacity to run a fridge, a microwave, an oven, whatever. And here's what we got for it. And we know we're totally set based on how many amps we have or Watts or whatever. And and go from there. Cause like, cause you know, my my knowledge of solar is nothing compared to what you have or, or even just, just electrical, electrical systems. Cause I run everything on my truck off of either the 400 watt inverter that runs one of my cars running or just a solar battery bank. So, and that, and that's just easy, but like actually running appliances and, and running an entire, basically a, a, an entire ranch off of 
you know, either the generator or the solar or whatever it may be, that's, that's cool. And I, I'm interested in learning and, and, and seeing what you guys come up with for that. No doubt. Yeah, me too. And I'll, I'll enjoy passing that, that info along. Cool, man. Well, hey, I, I know you have to get running soon. Is are you? Are we at the time where you got to log off? Or yeah, I'm pretty the, pretty close to it. I should be getting out the door five to ten minutes. Um, okay, cool, man. Well, why don't we go ahead and log off? I'll get this one all squared away and up. And then, uh, hey, real quick though, how's Rue doing? He seems good. Um, good. I, I have been able to. Yeah, I, I I'm not getting him out on enough walks. Um, kind of that that daddy guilt. Um, yeah. But um, other than that, he. He seems pretty good, and that was one of the things. I, I don't know if you captured our, our whether our earlier conversation um, got uh, got actually recorded with some of the technical difficulties that we had. But one of the things outside of working on all the truck issues um, that I've been working on, um, I did find a local vet, um, and the person has a good reputation, so I'm going to be getting him in to see this person and um i'm hoping to get more clarity as to you know why he went blind and i i don't yeah so he's good um and i'm cool. i'm bringing him to the vet and um yeah thanks for yeah and and likewise how how sierra recovering you know she, she's doing good she's just uh she's just scared around big dogs and rightfully yeah, so she, yeah. she's right she's right next to me all the time now yeah and uh when we sleep she'll sleep in the bed with me she used to sleep on the floor but now she's in the bed and she always has one paw on me so i think she's just traumatized from that sure uh, as far as her as far as her wounds go she's healing up good uh, i did find another gash on the back of her neck that was about two inches long but it was more of just like a superficial wound that was just a straight line wound so it was like a I think when maybe they were pulling that dog off her, they may it may have ripped her her neck in that, uh, in that section. Jesus. Yeah. yeah, and then and then the 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 main incision, the doctors had to open it up a little bit more to get in there. So that's that's actually that that incision ended up being six inches long on her neck. Uh, and she's not that big of a dog, so that's a big no, ass. Yeah. That's like half that's like half her neck. And so um, I had a lady last night. Just, this dumbass gal. I, I was walking the dogs, you know, because I'm here at my folks' place and they're out of town, so I'm taking care of all the dogs. So I had, I had all three of them, and this lady had this big dog that was just fucking going ballistic on leash. And I told her, I said, "Hey, I'll just stand over here to the side. Why don't you go past?" My dog was just uh, attacked. Well, my dog's nice. I said, That's fine. My dog was attacked, therefore she's skittish of other dogs that are aggressive. So it's okay. Well, my dog's nice. I, I was like, "Ma'am, maybe you don't get it, but my dog was attacked, and you just fucking go on." I was like. What's the deal? Like, what? Wh- why do you have to sit here and tell me that your dog's? I don't give a shit if your dog's nice. Okay. Yeah. I'm asking you. I was asking her nicely, and I did it like three times, and then finally she was like, "Well, I, you know, she got like all aggressive." And I go, "Ma'am, just walk on." I go, "I'm not. There's nothing here. Like, what the fuck? You know?" And I, I know I'm going to deal with this going forward, and I'm just like, if I run into an aggressive dog in the backcountry and they're off leash, they're just going to get a fucking bear bear spray sandwich. Period. 